At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Whether it's a rear end by a clown car, <laughs> or a grizzly taking a quick dip in a pool. We know home and auto insurance, and we know you could save an average of 20% when you bundle the two. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Welcome back to Glee on the Rocks. I am F. I'm Emily. And I'm Mandy. And this is Glee Season 2, Episode 9, Special Education. It premiered November 30th, 2010, and was watched by 11.6 million people, which is a big jump from uh, first, which was like 10.4. Hmm. So yeah, kind of a million people started watching this a little bit. Uh, watching this one live as opposed to the last one, so a little bit of a little bit of a jump. Uh, just a quick recap: uh, new, the New Directions compete at the 2010 Western Ohio Sectional Championship. Rachel is distraught when she finds out that Finn lost his virginity to Santana and didn't tell her. And to make her even angrier, she isn't even being featured at sectionals. With all happiness taken away, Rachel helps Kurt with an audition solo for the Warblers. The New Directions have a large quarrel, causing none of them wanting to perform together at sectional. FYI, this is the first episode we have with Lauren Zeises. Zeises. And uh, Kurt Hummel is for the first time over at Dalton Academy. It was directed by Paris Barclay and written by Brad Falchuk. So, the first time that we have, like, uh, not dual storylines, because we've definitely had, like, storyline A, storyline B, but the first time we're splitting time between campuses. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think as far as how they are, how they're splitting? I think, uh, first um, of all, that summary made me laugh because it is very, I'm assuming they were being sarcastic with the Rachel stuff because if they weren't, then I feel like we definitely approach Glee from a very different perspective <laughs> than the people who write the summary. I, <laughs> there's gotta be some like, yeah. No, I agree. I, um, when doing my notes, I, I actually pull from a couple different sources. Usually Glee Wikia um, is where I get like the real quick, you know, synopses from. And um, saw this one and thought about, thought about changing it to a different one. But honestly, it's just whether they meant it tongue in cheek or whether they meant it straightforward, it was just so perfect for this fucking show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just like now we're going with it. So I, yeah, I agree with you, Andy. It's just kind of how I read it. That yeah, it's a lot. Mm, it's great. It kind of sounds like Rachel wrote it. Hundred yeah, percent. Or, or Ryan yeah. Murphy. With all, all happiness taken away. Yeah. yeah. Saddened, distraught, and all happiness taken away from her life, which is now bleak, bleak and yeah. endless. Uh, I like the split storyline because the less time spent in the choir room. And the more time spent with the Warblers, I'm happy about. You know, I liked seeing their little, I don't know, their little space, whatever that is. Um, you know, you had Wes and his gavel. The, oh. the, it just felt like, you know, 
because it's the introduction to the way the warblers work it just feels like every fic you've ever read like Wes has Mm -hmm, a mm cavil and Jeff and or Nick I can never keep which one is which with the blonde swoop like he's got a blonde swoop and that's Jeff yeah it's just a lot of like firsts that became tropes which I just thought was hilarious and I love the fact that there's um a group of rich boys somewhere in Ohio passing around a bird for some reason (laughs) like welcome new kid you get a bird don't kill it like a questionable choice too i'm immediately concerned for the bird because they don't know the quality of character that they just handed this animal to like what i mean is it is it an honorary thing does like Pavarotti still actually just stay in the like warbler's lounge but like quote unquote is like in charge of him yeah i hope he doesn't take that bird home to yeah and like so shit all over my floor like how does how does dalton is it boarding he lives on campus, right? I don't. I don't think it's a boarding school. They never. Because Fitz he says it's a boarding school, but they never say. As far as I remember, they never say in canon. In this episode, he says that he hasn't talked to Finn since the wedding. I know, and that's which confused like, me. Yeah, yeah. Like, do you not? You guys live in the same room. Like, did you just put up a curtain? Then <laughs> again, uh, Westerville is like an hour and a half away, so maybe it's just Kurt having to wake up at five a.m. to go to school every morning. To go to school, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, there's no, we can, like, postulate what would make sense, and it is a rich person school, and they do talk about the tuition being high, because maybe that's room and board, but it doesn't, as far as I recall, they never say, like, yes, you live on campus, and you have warbler pajamas, and we have movie nights, like, it's, we break each other. Dolphin thick. I mean, that would explain a lot about the dolphin whole, like, atmosphere. It would, where people are, like, handing out high fives, because, like, yeah. You woke up in your Gryffindor dorm room. <laughs> do they have, is there a warbler dorm? Do they have? Like a lacrosse dorm? I would say, do, they, do they have different sections? Did did Kurt get sorted into yeah. like... Well, maybe that's the brooch that he had with like the hippo head. Like maybe that's one of their houses is the hippos. And we just yeah. never see... And maybe he just wanted it to be, a, be yeah. a brooch. We just never see the other badges. And like maybe Blaine just... is a boy. I don't know. Maybe Blaine's a what? head boy would be he would be a fucking prefect yep i mean even if he was like even if like head boys were like only seniors could be head boy he would be because i feel like because you know of course he's the least soloist at being a junior so of course he would also be a head boy at being a junior if we're jumping around a little bit like to to kurt's storyline right of yeah, we're, we're, feeling, just, we're fucking up with Miles. We're good. Miles. Just gonna jump around because, like, oh, you said the thing, and then I'm just gonna go with it. I love how yeah, storyline is about becoming part of the team, and there's no, we don't have a captain, we don't have a director, and we don't, we're all for one and one for all, and we wear uniforms, and we're all the same, and but we're, we still do have a lead soloist who takes the entire performance for himself, and that's me. Just like, how dare Blaine tell him, like, you just need to fit in. But I'm gonna perform front and solo for this whole show. It's it's very much a testament to how like charismatic Darren is that he pulls off a lot of the Blaine lines just because yeah. anyone else would probably just sound like an asshole. I know. I know. He does have anybody else ability ability to do that. Yeah. Essentially that line is just very quintessential masculinity, isn't it? Where it's just, or yeah. just, or maybe like white masculinity, where it's like, 
you need to fit in and do everything, but also it's all about me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you fit in, I'm going to stand out. Yeah, it's like, oh, and I'm going to get all of the, the privileges, but like for you yeah. to get what you want, you need to fit in. And but I also don't think that he like is doing it on purpose. Like, no, Blaine yeah. is like, I'm, I'm going to fuck this kid over. Well, no, because I mean, he, without, without, I mean, we are going to jump, we are jumping around, but like, let's talk about Handgate. Oh. <laughs> uh, I knew that was coming and I was like, yep, I love this moment where he's, you know, telling him not to do the hand thing because yeah. he's trying to help his boy out. And I, and I'm fairly positive most people in the world read it as him saying, I'm trying to help you. Yeah. Because I know you, what you want is to have a solo and to stand out. So I'm going to help, I'm going to just quietly give you some pointers yeah. that I know will be, reflect better. So yeah, as opposed to, I guess, a couple people that thought that he was either being controlling or yeah. even homophobic. Yeah, I like the Blaine haters who are like, see, he was abusive from the beginning. Like, okay, we don't tolerate Blaine yeah. in this house. I, well, yeah, we'll I, hate on just about anybody else, but apparently... Not Blaine. No, we don't tolerate Blaine. I don't know. I'm going to say not Blaine for now because there are points in the future where I'm going to have oh. a lot of strong opinions yes. on things Blaine does. It's when Blaine becomes Blaine like 3.0 where you're like, this is not even the same fucking character. Yeah. Yeah, that's a different Blaine and we can yell at him later. Okay, as long as that. Yes. Oh, yeah. For mirror sure. Blaine? <laughs> Black Mirror, mirror Blaine. Blaine. Twilight Zone Blaine. That's um, right. Wait, I mean, let's just let's keep going down the. Um, also, the... I'm just gonna throw this out there. Free path. Just mm-hmm. gonna throw that out there for a couple okay. people, and okay, walk away from it. That's an interesting choice you just. Wasn't it? I thought so. I'm 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 not even sure I'm following. <laughs> we can talk about it later. That makes it more fun, actually. Yeah, it does. Um, okay. Wait, are we moving away? No, okay. Like, there's so much. There's no, 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 no. We're still, no, we're staying on, I said staying on the Dalton. Let's keep oh, going yeah. down. The Dalton train? Yeah, let's go down the Dalton train. Um, I don't know. I just like Blaine's utterly besotted face already. And you're like, they didn't even try. Yeah. Or like, maybe, maybe the writers were like, oh, this is just a, he's really proud of his new recruit. And the rest of us are like, mm-hmm. Is he though? Is he though? Is that the expression? Is that what we're looking at? So he, here's a question. Yes. So clearly at this time when it was being written, I don't think it was Blaine that was still supposed to be uh, Kurt's boyfriend. We're still under the impression that in, I say when I say we, I, I mean, obviously audience was, but like the writers were still writing as if it's just a um, mentor role. That it, that that's his friend, his mentor. Yeah. To what me, point, the- what point? Okay, what point did you do? You, do you think that it goes? It changes from that. Well, okay. Um, and do you think? Yes. And do you think the actors were like, "Fuck that"? We're yes, do that, <laughs> that was going to be my caveat. Was that like the dialogue and the writing says, "Mentor, I'm here to help." Sorry about the solo, but that's just how we do things here. And the the face and the body language says, "Meet me behind the stacks at three. And that's maybe an actor choice. I'm not gonna put words in the mouth. But uh, the dialogue of mentor did not necessarily match the um, uh, acting choices of some of the cast members. 
Yeah, and I mean, at least it leads me to going to go. Okay, cool. Did let's say Darren decide, hey, I'm going to play this role a certain way, or I'm like not to make it sound. He's just like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go over the top, or I'm going to really, I'm going to really do as much as I possibly can to make this role continue. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Or if it was just like, <laughs> yeah. hey, Chris and I, Chris and I hit it off as far as like being like friendly. Yeah. And so, like, being able to do, like, you can read that chemistry a little bit more. Or maybe it was even, oh, hey, I know Kurt's character is supposed to have a crush on me and my character. So I'm going to <laughs> make it seem more so. Like, make it, mm-hmm. make it like, oh, here's why he did. And, you know, so it's like, I, you, the choices I'm going to make will make sense for why Kurt would get a crush on him. Other than just, and I was, because I was going to be like, Kurt got a crush on Finn. Finn did like right. nothing but like pick up his jacket once or twice. So, right. well, so it's sort of like you didn't need to have the character do a lot for Kurt to get a crush. But mm-hmm. it, so I don't know if that was like an acting choice. That was a writing choice. If you think otherwise and you go, no, I think at this point they knew maybe we want to do something else with play. I think we're just going to have to ask them. Yeah, just need to sit down and have a conversation. Yeah. I think we have to ask the experts to just to figure out, you know, what, what were they thinking in the moments? You know, what were, what were the backstories that they had developed for their characters and how did they feel about each other in that moment? You know, they probably believe they have their own character backstories. I think most like the right, famous actors. I mean, I, I firmly believe the writers don't have a backstory to blame. And just no, assume that no. he just showed up in the middle of Ohio for no reason. But I, I guarantee you, if you ask Darren to go, okay, tell me where did, you know, give give me your original backstory. That I'm sure it's had to change over, right. you know, the years. But like, what was your what was the original backstory that you gave that you gave one? I'm sure you have them. I'm curious. I'd, I'd be curious to know what it was. Yeah, because like when you look at the cinematography, it's in original song episode when he does blackbird and you get the framing on blaine's face where he's obviously realizing that he's in love with kurt right like you get the swelling score and you get the framing and you get all the technical things that tell the audience that this is a romantic moment and they're kind Mm -hmm. of there's some similarities when he's watching kurt do don't cry for me argentina and maybe that's maybe that's a lack of range on darren's part i'm not sure but even the camera work, there's, you know, close-ups on only Blaine and none of the other warblers. And there's close-ups, there there are camera cuts and angles and match cuts between Kurt and Blaine that say these are two people in the scene who are connected. If they yeah. meant that to be a mentor, I feel like they just didn't do it right. Because maybe a combination of how we feel about the characters and the arc that we know is coming and the actor's chemistry and all this kind of stuff just kind of feed into, oh, the, these are two people connecting already. That's how I how I feel looking at it, and I think I and I feel like it's they just made a a choice to showcase chemistry that was between the two actors, and <laughs> just to kind of see and whether it was like okay, we're not going to do anything with this later, but sort of sort of how I feel it went, even if it was a it's written down that Blaine is going to be dating Kurt, that it's like, cool, they are, they are connected. But yeah, you can, you, the way they, the way they act the scene, the way the writing doesn't, isn't there, but like everything else 
around yeah. it. Like it is is very more so than you get when I mean like technically everybody in the in the new direction choir room is connected. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean technically Blaine is the only other other character that we know. Mm-hmm. So I can feel like, okay, yes, of course we're gonna have cuts back and forth between them. But it's not like they even tried to introduce everybody else, which is something like you could have easily done that with, with this. But You mean the warblers, the other warblers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. sorry. Yeah, are they even Were named? They even I don't even know that they get names. Wes isn't named in that moment. It's not like anyone says, like, let's do a round robin and introduce ourselves to the new guy. <laughs> like, they're just no. Yeah, no. bodies and coats at that moment, which is kind of interesting. Interesting the way the way that we, it's also interesting for me to also kind of just sit there and go, okay, what do I know of Wes? And how much of that is actually about him versus like just yeah. what I've what what we've all accepted as far as like in our mind as far as Bannon. It's another it's another Carol situation. Who is Wes the gavel holder? We don't know. Does he wa- does he really want to be a lawyer or do we just assume he does because <laughs> he, he likes is that and does he actually like gavels or does he just take, you know, order really, really, you know? All of these conversations make me realize that most of what I think I knew about the Warblers and Dalton just came from Fig. It does. Yeah. It really does. It's just kind of funny. And this is, and I, I feel like th- this is a great example of, I have this theory, the worse the TV show or the worse the writing in the TV show, the better the fic. Well, yeah, because you have to fill it in yourself, right? Like, exactly. You, the fic ends up, like, if you've got characters and actors that are at least able to make you connect to those characters, it does not matter. It's almost like the rest of the writing, if it's shit, the plot is terrible, you're going to have great fic because fandom is going to have to go, we have to fix them. Whereas if you have a television show that has great writing and great plot, and it's sort of like, cool, now what? I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to write anything really. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, like I'm, I'm satisfied. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure, I mean, there, there still will be, but like, the amount of sick that came out, especially around Dalton and, I mean, and around them. I think part of that at least led to, is, is because there are characters that like we, that we are connected to, but then there's a lot we don't know. And so, fandom. Mandy, were you writing it? Were you doing any claim when it was airing? Because I remember, and maybe not with this episode specifically, but something Mav just said reminded me that people were writing fix it fic almost the second the episode finished like an episode would air at what eight o'clock and by nine oh, yeah there would be fix it fic because people yeah. are like no fuck this whole thing that just happened this is how it really went down and I thought I don't you know maybe there are other shows that were like I don't know I don't imagine law and order had a lot of fix it fic but uh, that would be kind of hilarious <laughs> Um, I'm going to go ahead and say, I think that the majority of claim fic that I actually wrote was probably right after an episode would air. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually looking through my AO3 account right now and <laughs> yeah, I, lots of tags, like just wanted to make myself feel better. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Episode just ended. Here's the, here's the, the reboot. The first claim fic I ever posted was fix it fic for the season three finale. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I'm into it. But yeah, yeah, so that's really kind of what you're saying is that it, people would be so aggravated by the episode itself that you're like, no, I'm gonna, I got the next 10 minutes before bedtime, before homeroom, like I'm gonna fix this shit. And I don't, 
it has to be something about your connection to the characters plus your dissatisfaction with the writing of those characters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, because if you don't have, you need something to hook onto. Um, right. So you need the characters, portrayals of, to hook into, and then something to be incredibly dissatisfied by. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but yeah, I think that essentially, the, the more we, the more we watch, especially with, with Dalton, the more we're all just going to realize, ah, fuck, that's not real. Yeah, yeah. Like, Nick and Jeff aren't dating in the show. Like, <laughs> I know, I thought about they're not. that. They're not, no. Nick, but Nick they hugged, they hugged, like, <laughs> they hugged. in that one scene. So clearly, <laughs> clearly it can be implied. Uh, that's one of my favorites. They're just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, not to I'm shit not on the ship, a, it's just one of those, like, there is, all right. I'm not a Jeff and Nick shipper in the sense of like I don't go looking for it I don't dislike it basically a net zero to me I'm like yeah, yeah this is great it's fine I don't care yeah, um, fine. but the amount of sick that they're chipped in so is much. just like so much yeah. <laughs> anytime those characters are in a fix if I think there's I think I have like one or two fix saves in my AO3 that where they're dating women and it was like it was like really I'm sure weird. I did I, like, I mean because it was so, like well why not why not have Met there, I don't care. Yeah, sure, that sounds great. That's great. And it was almost like a, a fandom accepted, like, oh, okay, yeah, I know that, that's that's the thing. Yeah, I don't know who the first person that started that was. Who is the yes. first person that just that saw those two people and went, they're dating. I want them to date. Mandy, you're already on the go find the first pick. First, go so back to the first instance of Jeff Bosnick. Yeah. See, I still have AO3 up. I. I'm also impressed that I literally just typed Jeff slash Nick in, and those are two generic white guy names, and the Gleefic was the second result. <laughs> hey. There Hello. are 153. Okay. Also, now I know their last names. Oh, they have last names. Okay, do they really have last you names? You didn't know their last names? Random last names. Uh, I don't know, but it says Nick Duvall and Jeff Sterling. Those, those, are, those, are, those are actual last names. All right. Um, so, what, what date did this episode air? This is November 10th. Of what year? Uh, 2010. Oh, I'm sorry. November 30th. Okay. The first Nick Jeff fic was December 29th, 2018. So it took a year and some change to get. Or it could be that they were written into other fics, but not tagged. Like, yeah. As yeah, a tag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this but is the first still, dedicated, yeah. Um, where they made it in. dedicated tag list. NIF tag. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure there was, I'm sure that before they were written as a tag, it's probably showed up in, like you said, fix it, Tumblr. I don't know if, I mean, like, I didn't write a lot of singular plain fic. Um, I'm trying to remember the one that we wrote, Mandy. I don't know if Jeff and Nick are even in the story. Wow, way to just erase the, the reigning Dalton couple. Yeah, sorry, my bad. Our bad, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, it's just interesting yeah, it's, what people connect with in, immediately. Like, yeah. they do so little in the show, and yet they're ubiquitous when it comes to the fandom experience of Dalton. 100%. And at the same time, you, you, it, the characters themselves as well also had, like, completely fleshed out personalities. Like, we all have an idea about Wes. Right, and yeah, yeah. Jeff and Nick, and, I mean, to some degree, like, Trent. 
um, I, I <laughs> friend I, who I has have, apparently also transferred from McKinley because he was in the background of half a dozen episodes. Yeah. Yeah, he is. I actually have a note that I wanted to call out here earlier about, about how often he's in the background. Yeah. And if that meant that he was a transfer from McKinley to to Dalton, mm. or if Trent's just a much better spy than Kirk was. <laughs> you know? <laughs> he's just like low-key, always in the background, just like keeping an eye on things. Either is possible, frankly. I I really want I really want Trent to be be a spy. And like I, I want that fic where they admitted like, oh well we've been spying on you. And Kurt's like, what? How? And it's on Trent's like, have you not seen me? Like, like have you never seen school? me? Yeah. Thanks, Kurt. Oh, um, hilarious. Yeah, the I say David, I think is one of the ones that may have you a little bit more wishy washy. But in any case, we see these characters very minimally. We all have some idea of like, oh, I know who they are and have an idea of their personality, and yet. <laughs> There's nothing like even when, like when you're when you're watching it, it's very clearly cut and shown to be Blaine and Kurt. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I do think it was a failure on their part to not to not you know do more with Dalton. I agree. I would have liked a longer storyline with Dalton, but that's that's not a surprise to anyone listening to this. Like, oh, Emily wants no. Dalton. Yeah. Hmm. we can we we have a we have half a season to to talk more about this and Um, i'm sure we will i'm sure we will all right well should we move on from dalton uh i i do want i do want to momentarily make a point yes please that somehow Pavarotti has better like multi-episode characterization (laughs) than some actual characters that's true because for some reason they're setting up the plot for later for Pavarotti to die. That's true. Spoiler. But yes. like, I, I, I kind of, I didn't remember that. And I was honestly really surprised by it. I was like, oh, okay. Like, of all things that you're going to have a multi-episode arc for and like set up like way in advance, this is, this is the one. And I'm, my, my only thought here is just like, obviously the, the Blaine Kurt storyline must be something that Murphy, um, Cares about, so we're gonna put as much time and effort into into putting this this crafting it together. Also, um, Blaine is not somebody you go for for bird welfare. Do not do not ask Blaine you, for his thoughts and opinions. You don't on, know what on, kind of menagerie he has at home. Kurt has said he's losing feathers and not eating, and Blaine's like he's fine. The bird's not eating. Animals it, when animals don't eat, that's not a good thing. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, Blaine, not not your not your go-to for for canary welfare. That's true. Don't, don't ask Blaine. Well, I'm sure there's a fic out there where he, or you know, owns and operates a bird store. I have one where he's uh, a vet. Oh, that makes sense. I all of the Blaine and like bird-related things that pop into my head are not appropriate for this podcast. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Uh, I know exactly what's popping in your head right just now. Just creative um, fan art. Uh, yeah. Creative art. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tell her you said that. Creative. What? <laughs> that it's not appropriate for this podcast? Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, oh, 
I do have another that, point. That is a subscriber episode that like literally yeah. send us money. We'll, we will, we will give you that. So <laughs> we'll tell you all the other things. Um, I love that Kurt offers up Rio by Duran Duran for them to sing. And then like two seasons later, that's what Blaine sings. And he's just been holding on to that. I've been wanting to make you happy. Yeah. He got, he and his brother were like, we got to rehearse because Blaine's had a brother the whole time. Whole time. That's not something that gets retconned later. Not at all. No, no, not really. There's no way they would do that. Um, I, there are there are other things I want to say about about Dalton, but we've said a lot, so I'm gonna hold everything else I have thought wise to like the next episode of Dalton. Mm, okay. But um, the next episode of Dalton. Pretty much. So let's let's make our sad way back to Lima, Ohio. To the rest. Did I pronounce of it Lima or Lima. I pronounce it Lima. Yeah, I usually say Lima. I'm well, no, no. wrong. But uh, so. This episode, everybody is being everybody. I literally have something down here just saying Rachel being Rachel. So, um, yeah, I uses me that uh, it takes Emma saying, oh, hey, this is like, this is exactly what you're going to do. And for she to go, oh, maybe I should use some of my other fingers and move the spotlight around. It's like, yeah, if I can think. Maybe you should do that, buddy. For the for the uh, for the record, uh, Mandy, I want you to know that this is my first shoe rant for this, <laughs> for this podcast. Marking um, a wood tally down. Thank you. Um, but uh, how how shitty of a of an instructor do you have to be to have point out? Maybe maybe you should highlight your other talented, you know, students. It's not even like Rachel and and Finn are the only talented ones. Their entire fucking you know, yeah. leave whatever group is knee-deep in fucking talented individuals. Um, and yeah. It's just... Ugh. It's almost oh. like he's not paying attention to the rest of the Glee Club. It's almost like he's only at McKinley because he wants to relive his high school career and is decided with Emma and not able to look at anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost. It's um, funny that even students are aware of that because they offer him condolences when he, like, comes in. Yeah. I know, but it's also so creepy. Like, do not talk to your teacher about yeah. his dating life. It's gross. Were you aware of your your any of your high school teachers' like dating lives or like married? Hardly, no, I was hardly aware of any of my high school teachers being people. Exactly. Like, I had one high school teacher. It was an English class, and she was the one uh, teacher who I ever clashed with. And that's a story for another day. But she was the only one who would ever talk about like her husband, the juggler. And it was just so weird. Like, we don't, we don't care. We don't care. I had one overly familiar teacher and it was uncomfortable. Yeah. She she was the kind who was like barely out of college herself and felt a little too much like a high schooler and like invited students over to like swim in her pool. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. No. Let me guess that didn't end well, did it? Um actually know how it ended but I wasn't invited ever <laughs> don't know why because you know smart. what I'm gonna say that was a that was a win on your part yeah yeah I feel like you lucked out there yeah it's he's just a shitty feature moving on okay let's just, we'll just move on um <laughs> yeah so Rachel's focused on on her 
complete loss of happiness because she's now that doesn't have a solo. Um, but let's talk about exactly how awesome everybody else in this, um, I guess, clique, not cast, but like after school, whatever it is. Um, I love that Mike and Heather got a, got a dance solo. They're fucking phenomenal. I love watching them dance. Yeah, they really, I mean, okay, so it's also weird. It's not weird. I, I don't know much about high school glee clubs. Like, I don't know what they look like. I'm pretty sure that they spend more than three days rehearsing a song for a competition. What? But like, <laughs> I, there was, as much as I love watching them dance and how frenetic it was, it was almost when you put it in comparison with the warblers and the hipsters who are very in sync and very um, together and precise that there's just this like mess of glee club members on the stage all of a sudden that looked very like each person doing their thing looked really cool but if you were watching it from the audience I feel like you'd be like what what is happening on this stage right now there's people everywhere they're throwing each other up in the air it sounds like one singer plus their backups doesn't sound like a cohesive unit but maybe that's how glee clubs work I don't know so like part of me was like yeah look at these fucking dancers they're amazing and the other part of me was like is this how you win a competition Maybe I have a feeling that Glee Club is like an actual Glee Club is uh, probably supposed to be more like the Warblers in the history where it's, I mean, well, actually, maybe not like the Warblers because they have Blaine kind of <laughs> as a standout, but you know, where it's supposed to be a cohesive group mm-hmm. and not always having one person as a one or two people as like the. And, and then they're like, they're backup singers, as you say. I just found that's probably not how it's actually supposed to be done. Playing in the pips. And it's, ah, that's pretty much it. But um, oh, I'm pulling my notes back up. I mean, I love watching them dance because, like, it's crazy because I can hardly walk up the stairs without getting winded. Meanwhile, they're just like throwing people around and yeah. swinging. And, I, 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 I do get your point. I'm just, I, it's just, it, for me, if I was one of the, um, judges i would have been easily like distracted you're like you're not singing it doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) exactly this is why i have not been asked to judge any glee club competitions anytime recently (laughs) um so this is also the the um first episode with lauren zyphe yeah you're not a fan of zyphe no i'm not Mm -hmm. i actually i don't i don't mind her Partly because I like that she's very different than a lot of the people in um, a lot of the people in the in the choir room. I mean, and I love another fat girl in the Glee Club, right? Like, I'm happy that there's another fat girl. I just find her uh, like uninteresting. Well, I mean, yeah, I can, I can, I don't think they developed her character well enough, so I'll agree with you on that. Yeah, and also but, um, she's the fat girl who is defined by her eating candy for the whole episode yeah which again as a fat girl who eats candy delicious but also for representation maybe let's just have a fat girl who's on the wrestling team and wants to sing like maybe it doesn't have to be that she needs a dozen Cadbury eggs shout out Cadbury eggs Cadbury would like to sponsor the podcast <laughs> yeah we are open to that just FYI lifetime supply yeah of Cadbury. I mean I, yeah I think I, I think you have a good point. I I was looking at it more on just 
I think I was looking at it more on, on like the puck side because puck really was liking her, and I find that to be a, a an unlikely not pair. I mean, an unlikely pairing, and I for me I find that to be quite quite fun, even mm-hmm. though I'm still not a puck fan. Agreed. But I'm like I am like I'd like to that that was not what you would expect, mm-hmm. and I like that they and I did and they did that. So for that reason. Along with a couple others, I have sort of like a soft spot for Warren. But I do I get it. I get it. I do get that, yeah, she doesn't really have much here. Because yeah. I'm also sitting here going, okay, how much of everything else that I know about her is actually just, again, just fandom taking over my brain? Yeah, I mean, again, I think most of what we think we know about Lauren's Isis comes from Fic. Because she's always like one of the best friends or something. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, Let's talk about how Brittany is apparently in motocross. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's uh, smart enough to be... When did in... you know this? <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, you know, she's she's smart enough to be in motocross and, and dumb enough to accept a magic comb. So, you know, the duality and of think... humans. Yeah, and, and think that she, that already meant adult. Adultery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually I made the note again as I watched that it is so uncomfortable how sexualized Brittany is and then how naive she's shown to be. Yeah. Yeah. Like this episode mm-hmm. didn't even contain any like super problematic lines. No one like she didn't joke about being raped or anything, but mm-hmm. still But still know. there's just a hint there that like she is yeah. not all together. Yeah, it it's kind of it does beg the question about about consent <laughs> with Brittany, where it's like, are you, do you know the things that you would be saying yes to? I don't know. Mm-hmm. In, in situation, probably inconsistent characterization that saves Brittany, because you can point to other episodes and be like, well, in these episodes, she seemed perfectly fine and aware of things. Mm-hmm. You could have done with less of the extremely naive moments that yeah. make the consent issue kind of sticky. Yeah. It's almost like they they tried to take the dumb blonde joke and try and like turn it up to eleven like they do with everything else, but instead of making it dumb blonde, it's just yeah like you have no ability to understand your anything surroundings yeah, I mean, or anything. What they, yeah, what they end up with is dumb blonde who clearly is not always aware of very common sense things who also sleeps with the entire football team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also thinks her cat is like an actual person and does things. And yeah. So to a point, it was like I don't, you don't have a firm grasp on reality. Yeah. So yeah, Ever, yeah. It. She'll be a math genius. Like, all right. Brittany, probably one of the ones that suffers the most from shitty and inconsistent characterization. Well, for for the time being, at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Well, yeah. They sure, they fully. Sure. <laughs> I hold my beer on the films with bad characterization in the later seasons. They really do. Oh, that's fair. All right, so I've got Rachel being Rachel, um, which includes, one, her being upset that, you know, they're talking, they're taking away her solo because it's, it's her solo, but also her getting upset that Finn lost his virginity to Santana. Yeah, that whole thing. And they weren't dating? Yeah. They weren't dating he lied about it because he knew how unreasonable she is about it 
and also there's something about Santana that makes it the worst because she's pretty. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Okay. Again, showing one of the worst sides of Rachel and making it try to seem sympathetic, I think. I think you are supposed to feel bad for Rachel because Santana's so much hotter, but other women are not your competition. You just yeah. have a dumb boyfriend. Yeah. Finn yeah. just sucks. But then you also go and you make out with Puck to get back yeah. at him, and it's fine. Because it's the same, but it's not the same because you guys are together right now. It's not the same because you're you're not on a break. Like if if you're if you're hurt because of a thing that happened, your emotions are valid. You're you may want to, you know, actually look into them as to why you have them, but your your reactions aren't. Like mm. you can't it, it kept it kept frustrating me how she was continually wanted things to go her particular way and then would do stupid fucking shit and then and then get upset like but it didn't it didn't why isn't it not going the way i want it to it's like because it's not how life works yeah it's not it's not how it works i loved quinn's really meta line about rachel where she says you used to be unlikable but now i want to punch you every time you open your mouth i actually wrote that mm-hmm. out yeah. like that's that's a good line yeah you were unlikable but interesting but now we just want to punch you in the mouth. On the flip side of that, Finn's line about how he liked Rachel in spite of a lot of things she was, but he didn't think she was mean. I'm like, have we have we been watching the same Rachel Finn? Yeah, really. She's like, just she's always been mean. Now she's meaner. Yeah, yeah. Is it because she's mean to you that it matters? Yeah, pretty much. Because I like mean, Finn, well, and women here. We've we've not run into sunshine yet, but she. She's always been me. Yeah, well, who knows where <laughs> Sunshine yeah. was like, nope, I'm out. Um, Fuck this school. On a on a on a on a better note, uh, Valerie. Amazing, perfect, flawless. That was fantastic. Uh, I, other adjectives that the kids use these days. I think the music in this lit. episode kind of saved it for me. I also yeah. really like the hipsters. Oh, their song is so good. Yeah, they sing that, really. Thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah, like them all. I also love that the hipsters are the glee club in like 70 years. Yeah, pretty much. A black woman doing the wailing solo in the back, and you've got someone in a wheelchair, and you've got like the lead singer. Like it's all, yeah, it's just them in the future. Pretty much. It's just, you know, them transposed 70 years. Also, what, what kind of competition is this? Like, can anybody be a glee club and, comp- and compete? So it's uh, the winners of the sections. Noted. Got only it. three of them. Yeah, there's only three of the greater, what did they say? The greater like central or something like West, that? Central Ohio? Yeah. Like, only three made it. Yeah. Which also means that third place is losing. So the hipsters yeah. lost. Poor hipsters. Uh Let's all take a moment of silence for the poor, poor hipsters. They did really well, so. They did, didn't they? For them. But uh, the, I would say, the actual performances and the songs were, I love competition episodes. Yeah, they're always They usually good. are usually really good, especially with the music, even though it's sort of like, I kind of expected you guys to have been working on this before now, but okay. Um, yeah, they were, and how New Directions gets three songs and everybody else gets one, but. 
I mean, it makes I wrote that down cool. again too. I was like, oh, so they get two songs. Interesting why yeah. how they how they don't lose. Interesting how you didn't you weren't disqualified disqualified for doing more songs. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that have been funny if they're like, oh, you guys are disqualified for going over your time limit. That Do you think the other groups were like, wait a minute, we got two songs? That would be funny if it was just like fine print somewhere in like the rule list that you're allowed a second song. Yeah, yeah. And Warblers, like Wes is the only one detail-oriented enough to have like looked it up. Right, yeah, exactly. And he just thought nobody else would ever read it, so he never made them practice two songs. He's like, ah, shit, we should have done two songs. They probably would say shit. No, Wes would never. No, I wouldn't. So competitions were great, songs were great, music was great. Um, we didn't talk about the fact that Artie actually had like a kind of a storyline, and I didn't know if we want to save that for our rating for Artie, on, for our chem scale. But like he actually has a has a you know, yeah, he does a thing. He he gives a a person a comb. Yeah, I I I loved Artie in this episode. I, a little bit misguided in the. I want to say patronize makes it sound it's, more like malicious. It's a little bit patronizing. Though. It's a little um, patronizing, but well intentioned. Yeah. He's he's trying to be nice to Brittany. Yeah. Just the only way to be nice to her is to. Yeah. It's it's weird. which probably means you shouldn't be sleeping with her. But okay, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but he, but she's the cheerleader and she's hot. So that's like his only only thing he's thinking about. Does that make it okay? Oh no, it doesn't. I'm not not defending that. I mean, in this school, it probably is. It's like that's ah, fine. Oh yeah. I mean, at least he has. He's misguided, but he tried, and uh, he he actually had lines. He did. He did. He got um on the bus. We saw him with his lift on the bus. So glad that that is still available for him. That was a whole episode and a half there. I'm, it is interesting though that so many of Artie's storylines revolve around whether or not he gets a girlfriend and whether or not that girlfriend still likes him. Like I'm glad that he, you know, his disability doesn't mean that they don't ever give him love interests. Yeah. But it is it kind of hit me a little bit like oh it's his whenever he has a more involved storyline, it's either directly about the wheelchair or directly about what a girl like whichever girl he's sort of with at that moment does that ever change does he ever get a story i don't think he does i think yeah i can't think of anything else he does that doesn't i don't i mean well i mean we'll rewatch and find out but i don't think it does either and it's just weird well in a in a in a slight defense i guess is what are storylines for finn that don't revolve around girls uh the way he feels about kurt also his dad. He has a dad. whole parent storyline. Yeah. Okay. And the birth Carol. Right? Like, you know, he yeah. he has feelings about his mom getting remarried, and that doesn't have anything to do with Rachel. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he gets that. I do not, feel we're like not saying there's a lot, but <laughs> it's it is true that the background characters are underutilized. Uh like I don't know. Actually, I think Mike Chang does have storylines that aren't about Tina. I was about to say, like, Mike and Tina don't have much else, but doesn't Mike have that whole thing about college and wanting to dance? Yeah, he's got his Asian F yeah. episode. But even he got something else. I, they're not a lot. It's not, like, yeah, yeah, wide-ranging. Yeah. Well, 
would that be would like I would I would equate the Asian S storyline to be similar to Artie and his Artie and accessibility in that it's sort of like not like it's throwaway, but it's like it's mentioned but like not frequently. And everything else is gonna be relationship focused. Okay. So yeah, this you have one thing that defines you outside of a relationship. Yeah, like uh Mike Chang's issues with his parents don't come up until he gets his own episode. Yeah. So right. it's not like they were pre-gaming that anywhere. That's true. But at least it happens, right? Like, at least it gets it. True. It does. Takes, what, three seasons? Yeah, it three seasons. It's fine. It's fucking show, man. <laughs> uh, do we have any other thoughts about the storyline from, uh, from on the New Direction side? Um, I still think that uh, Emma and Carl should have gotten a happy ending without butting his nosy ass into it yes agreed yeah carl seems like a great dude i i also uh i appreciate the fact that like based on what emma said in this episode like he had some emotional responses based on very non-irrational concerns Mm -hmm. and she respected them but like it didn't come across like carl is making me do this it came across like this is better for my relationship with Carl. Yeah, I definitely got the impression from the way she framed it was that it's not that he doesn't want me hanging out with other men. It's yeah. that he's not comfortable around you. Mm-hmm. 100%. is totally justified. Yeah, yeah, definitely justified. <laughs> like There was a whole is... episode of Schuster trying to take Carl's yeah. girlfriend away from him. Like, it's... T- his reticence to leave her with this guy is like, I, I get, you should never control your partner, right? But like, if he mm-hmm. said, listen, you going to this thing makes me uncomfortable because of our history with Schuster and his continued pestering of you, and that's just how I feel about it. I get it. Schuster's a creep. I get it. And that is, that is, that is who he is. Schuster, not Carl. get it. It's fine. Carl, um, goes off and has a successful dentistry. I it's a good point that it's not it's not Carl trying to necessarily control Emma so much for me as it was just like, hey, this guy gives me the creep because he's mm-hmm. basically tra- been trying to hit on you the entire fucking last two years. Even yeah. when he was married. And that's weird. Oh, that too, like he was yeah. already married and still being a fucking creep. So like you going to this thing with him myself just kind of makes me feel uneasy and and I felt like Emma was you know said the right thing and then meanwhile I was actually surprised Schuster just got on the bus and didn't pull baby maneuver anyway yeah pretty much it's like I'm sorry we can't campaign infectionals because uh Emma won't uh come with us yeah anyway the uh last thing I have here is uh best song Ooh. um I, uh, I'm going to say Valerie. Yeah, I mean, I, I love me the Warblers, but like Valerie. I really like Dog Days Are Over, though. That's a good one, too. I mean, it, it, they sound really good, but I think Valerie wins. And I think, so there's a couple things that I was thinking about with the songs in this episode. And, and one is that they finally, not finally, but I think Valerie and Dog Days Are Over work so well is that they fit the key of the singer like for once the song matched the singer it was in Aya's range it was in her wheelhouse 
and she kills it. And then Dog Days Are Over is perfect for Jenna and yeah. Amber. And it just, it, it's so clear when they're not trying to sing a song that's out of their range or out of their key. I, I definitely think that has, has something to do with it. Uh, it's also, um, Naya has a fabulous, like, her voice, I mean, it's kind of alongside what you were saying. She has a fabulous, like, smoky, yeah. uh, burner kind of. It's the Amy Winehouse voice. Yeah. Amy Winehouse voice. Um, and, and I love listening to her thing and you basically give her a song that is, like you said, that particular, you know, in her wheelhouse. Say it's a 10 out of 10. I adore the Warblers as well and Hazel's sister, but there is, there's nothing. Valerie's just, it's just amazing. So, yeah. Hands down. I think we're, I think we're all in agreement. This is, the Warblers will get other really good songs. Agreed. They will. Uh, I can't imagine what other songs we may be thinking of. Um, <laughs> Personally, I'm thinking of Whistle. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, my God. still can't believe that happened. I was so sure. We'll get there. We'll get there. I'll, yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. Uh, that yeah. was Mary's yeah. ringtone for me for I don't know how long. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I loved it. That was great. <sighs> Anyway, uh, favorite line? Mm, favorite line. I mean, I like the thing that, um, I think the only line that I wrote down was Quinn's line about Rachel being unlikable. That's also the only one I wrote down. Yeah. It's fair. I, it's sometimes hard to write down lines. It's just, it, for me, it's more just, did anything stick out? That stuck out. So. Yeah, that one stuck out. Um, I mean, it, it's not a favorite line, but Kurt saying he hadn't spoken to Finn since the wedding stuck out. Because I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? But I don't think that's what you're going for. <laughs> not particularly. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that's a good. Yeah, I think Quinn's line was really the, the dialogue that stuck out for me. Positively. Fair enough. And not like, that makes no sense. Yeah, because that's... Why is that a thing? Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, then the last thing we've got is uh, we have our Kevin scale and our Blaine scale. The claim decks. The claim decks and yeah. the uh, and the Kevin scale. I mean, the claim decks gets what a solid five or six because it's out of ten. Yeah, I think get I'd give it a six. Six for screen time and development, longing glance. You know, having having you know, mentoring, conversation, building of of friendship. Yeah. All of yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Solid. I think the only reason yeah, I don't so, write making out. Yeah, pretty much. And then and then for Artie, I, I give him out of five. I give him give him a three. I was thinking a three. Yeah, because yeah. it wasn't a great. He didn't get a lot of featured singing, but he got some scenes and he yeah there were scenes where he was like one of a two-person focus which is yeah. more than normally in 100 like there, there was character development it wasn't great character development it right. wasn't you know outside of a relationship character development but there was some yeah there was it was fine yeah, it, was good. it was all right it was acceptable okay all right any any final thoughts do we have uh before we sign off here no uh i don't think uh, you know, I'm just going to take it back to, to the Warblers to end on it because I was thinking about this and I can maybe even cut this out if it's not that interesting. I feel like all the Warblers would have had to do 
for Kurt feeling like that he's not standing out and he's not getting noticed and he's not being involved. Just tell them, tell him, look, the Warblers run on a merit system. Like the longer you're in the group, the higher up you go. You're brand new. You're at the bottom of the totem pole, the end. It's not about whether or not you're a great singer and whether or not your talent exceeds everybody else's. Nick and Jeff have been on the team for a year and a half and they, it's their turn now. And you'll get your turn when you stay here longer. Sounds like that would have been a nice, mature way to handle it. That's just how the Warblers work. So very much out of Glee's wheelhouse, but what they still should have done. Yeah, exactly. I think I think you're right. Um, yeah, I do think it also right. points out how messed up New Directions is. That it's like you didn't think of that. Perfect. Yeah. Like just tell Kurt that that's how it works here. Yeah, with the exception of of Blaine, who's Blaine. Who's Blaine? That's that's not a fair. He's special. He's he's special. But everybody else is how it works. Yeah, exactly. Exactamundo. Mm, all right. Well, with that, I think, I think we've come to the end of this episode. Next time is the all Christmas right. episode with the best duet in the show. Yay! I mean, clearly, clearly we're excited for this. Doing Christmas in, uh, in May will be fun. Yeah. Yeah. They were way off, but whatever. Doesn't matter. So enjoyed. Who's going to complain? Nobody. Nobody's going to complain. Well, hopefully we'll see you guys all for the Christmas episode coming soon, whenever that is recorded. Whenever we get there. Listen, I have family coming to town. I've got work. Always. Six times. Thanks for uh, joining us for this episode. If there's no further thoughts, uh, that's what you missed on Glee. At Farmers Insurance, we know that a bundle of joy can sound like many different things. But to us, a bundle of joy sounds a little more like this. Because we know when you bundle your home and auto insurance with Farmers, you could save an average of 20%. Really? My bundle of joy just makes a lot of drool. Oh, the joys of parenthood. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Whether it's a rear end by a clown car, <laughs> or a grizzly taking a quick dip in a pool. We know home and auto insurance, and we know you could save an average of 20% when you bundle the two. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.